0: Our theme of community and service continues tonight. I'd like to speak to you specifically about the fact that you matter. I'd also like for you to think of this message as sort of a part two to the message that Caleb spoke on Saturday, August 29th. Please go back and listen to that message. As he spoke, I said to myself, that boy took my message. (laughs) Anyway, that's all right. There's enough word to go to go around. So I'm going to pray. And as I am praying, be sure to pray for each other. You can put your requests in the chat uh, that I'm sure most of you are having right now. And let's ask God to be with us tonight. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being your people, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, that you allow us to meet together in this way. We thank you for your rich word that's coming forth, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for encouraging us, God, and for keeping us during this uh, trying time, oh God. We thank you, Lord for your blessings, those seen and unseen. God, we ask that you would be in our midst tonight, that you would do a work in our hearts, Lord Jesus. And God, that you would help us to overcome some things, God, that we've been struggling with for a long time, even perhaps maybe our entire lives, Lord Jesus. God, we trust you even for a miracle, God, that you would minister to our hearts and our minds. You would set us free, Lord Jesus, of those things that keep us from being all that we can be in you. Be with us this night, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, at Newark, you've heard again and again and again that you have a place in the body, and that each member of the body has an important role to fill. That's nothing new, right? You've heard that over and over again, right? We 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 have quoted that scripture you so many times. Uh, you ought to know. You ought to know that one by heart. I ought to know that one by heart. By um, heart. But here's the problem. Many of us, no matter what, we don't feel significant. We don't feel like we matter. We don't. We don't feel like there's a place for us in the body. And as I talk um, with some, actually several, ones about this in the past, you know, we have said to ourselves, "How how can people not know?" Well, we've said it. We've read scripture. We, you know, and I and I understand um, that. It's not very easy to quiet the voices in our heads, if you will, to quiet those voices that have brainwashed us with negativity um, all of our lives. And to think that the God of this universe considers us, uh, loves us the way he does, it's kind of difficult. So I get it. I'm not I'm not being harsh and I'm not criticizing anybody, but I want you to know by the time this message is over. I want you to really, really consider laying that thinking down once and for all. That thinking that you don't matter. And if it helps, uh, you're not alone. You're really not alone. We all struggle with that in some shape, form, or fashion. The difference is what we do with that. Right? There's one thing to uh, feel that way, and there's another thing to be squelched by that thinking. In fact, David in Psalms 8, You know, he had the same struggle. David said, Psalms 8 and 4, he goes, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea. And everything that swims the ocean currents. Oh Lord, oh Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. So David was having one of those moments where he's like, Who, who am I? What is mere man that you even think about us? Have you ever had that moment? Who am I? Ever had God give you a word or do something for you that undoubtedly you know he was talking to you? Whether it was an answer to a very specific prayer, you go, wow, the God of the universe heard me. And you and you you just it blows your mind in the grand scheme of things that God, with all the billions of people on the earth and all the things going on in this world. Right. That he's hung right in to where you're sitting, to where you are, even into your thoughts. And so uh, David had that moment where he's like, wow, I can't believe I matter. Right. But the answer to that question, that who am I, as KJ puts it, you know, that. Or uh, who is man that thou should be mindful of him? The answer to that question is in God's word. If we go back to Genesis 1 and 26, when God created man, it says, Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth. And the animals, I'm sorry, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God created he them. Male and female, he created them. So, here we are. Here we are. God stamped his image in us. Not in the animals before them, not in the, uh, the grass and the bushes and the, and the trees and things. No, he stamped his image in us. So, if you want to know why you're so, so significant to God, that's why. And if that wasn't enough, let's go over to Romans 8 and 34. Romans 8 and 34 says, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. So though in Genesis we were created, and we know before Genesis is over, we failed. right? We, We blew it. Sin entered in. Here we are, fast forward, you know. Uh, thousands of years between Genesis and, and the book of Romans. And we see that Christ died for us. He thought we were so significant that we were worth saving. You know, we love that song. You know, you thought I was worth saving. Oh, I kind of know, butchered that up, but you get my point, right? That he thought you were worth saving. So not only did, you, did he stamp his image on you and give you authority in this earth, to rule over, to reign over the things of his creation. But when all failed, and when we were lost, and we were destined to die, he said, I love these people so much, I'm going to die for them. That he hung on that wretched cross to save you and I. So when you say to yourself, I don't matter, what are you really saying? God established your value at Calvary. He established your value when he stamped this image in you. And so when we when we put ourselves down when we say we're nothing, you know what we're really saying? I don't believe you, God. I don't believe you. You're saying that what God did was for naught. You're saying, Mm-mm, I don't believe that, that I'm valuable. I want you to think about that. So, I know sometimes we have this kind of sense of humility. We say, Well, I'm I'm nothing. I'm just a lowly old, old me. You know, I'm not saying you're supposed to think so highly of yourself, but you also ought to recognize and acknowledge God and thank Him for what He did. I know I talked about that in in the vein of, you know, what all He's uh, providing in this time, um, that we should have a sense of thankfulness. But to say to God that we don't believe Him, that we're wonderfully and beautifully made is an insult. So I'm trying to give you some other ways of looking at that. So every time that that spirit of condemnation comes down on you, whether it comes externally or even from yourself, you have something to slap it down with, right? I'm not going to believe these external voices. So God has, or these internal voices for that matter, but God has gifted each and every one of us, right? He's gifted us with spiritual gifts. He's gifted us with various talents uh, to be used to bless His church. And to say that you have nothing to contribute to the kingdom of God and that you cannot, uh, that God can't use you is also to say, God, you can't do everything. You're limited. Oh. Would you dare say that to God? I'm talking about in your conscious thought. God, you cannot do everything and you're limited. So tonight, i like for you and I to put the rest, once and for all, all those voices and circumstances that keep telling us that we have no significance. You have a right to tell them to shut up. Right? Anybody, I'm not saying say it to their face, if you want to. You put me down, I don't know, I might come at you. But, but you know, those, those voices that tell you you're nothing. Yours or anybody else's. I want you to silence those voices once and for all and say, I am going to believe God above all others. Now I know sometimes we think about where we came from. And we say, well, you know, my mother wasn't this and my father wasn't this and you know, we, we all have some shady ancestors, right? But I want you to know that your ancestry doesn't matter. Let let me talk to you about some some people that are in biblical history or some great folks that we look at their stories and we hail them as these great heroes of faith, right? I'm going I'm gonna, I'm going to talk to you a minute about Moses, right? Moses, Moses wasn't anybody special. He was the son of a Hebrew slave, and on top of that, he had a stutter. Right. So if you say, "Well, you know, uh, I didn't come from from you know any kind of pedigree that was worth anything," you know, but but neither did Moses. Right. You said, "Well, why well, I can't speak? I can't." Y- y'all know I can relate to that one because I know I butcher up some words. Okay, uh, that's all right. I'm keeping it real. Okay, but in the hands of God. Moses was powerful. In the hands of God, Moses helped bring down the kingdom. We know it was, it was by God's spirit, but that's how you and I are not going to do anything that we do. It's going to be by God's spirit. Okay? So, Abraham. Abraham wasn't anything special. He was the son of an idolater. Okay? But in God's hands, Abraham became the father of faith. In fact, he also became the friend of God. These weren't special people. We look back at their stories and we see what God did with them, and we call them special. And hey, they did some pretty awesome things by the power of God. But that's not how they started. If you lack ability, it doesn't matter. You remember that lady J.L. in um oh I forgot the book and I didn't write it down right here, but excuse me J.L. Uh, she was the lady who was the Kenite. She was a homemaker. I would call it the Bible didn't really say it. Said she was the she was the wife of of a, a, a Kenite man. But as far as we can tell, she was just a homemaker, right? She wasn't even an Israelite. But God positioned her to put her at the right place at the right time to take out Sisera, right? To go back and look that story up, right? He was the commander of the can- of the Canaanite army. You know, happened to be running, um, you know, past J.L.'s door and, and thought, oh, this little old lady, she's pretty harmless. And she said, come on in. You know, come on in. She fed him some little milk. Y'all watch out for those little sweet ladies. And she just pulled him right on into her tent, put him to sleep with some, with some cookies and milk, right? And then took him out with a tent, tent steak, right? She was a nobody, but she didn't get the memo. When that man came by her door, she knew he was the enemy of Israel and she had to jump on him, so to speak. She took advantage of that, right? I'm talking about the fact that you don't have to have a particular ability. You just got to be where God wants you to be at the right time for God to use you for his purpose, Right? Your background doesn't matter. Okay? So not only where you come from, but your background doesn't matter. In fact, in Psalms, what is it? Psalms 27 and 10, it says, For my for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. How I many of you got that story where you come from a home life that's kind of kind of shady? You know, some of us were uh, raised in one-parent homes, and some of us our grandparents raised, not even our parents, and, and God said, It don't matter, because I'll take you up. I got you, right? Ruth, I'm just, I'm just walking you through some characters in the Bible, people who, who weren't anything special, right? Not that any of us are in a sense, but in God's hands, we are. And Ruth, Ruth wasn't anything special. She was widowed. She was a Moabite woman, um, you know, but she had the sense of enough to recognize God, Naomi's God, as a supreme God. And she chose to follow him. So Ruth, this lady who wasn't special, in God's hands, became special. God blessed Ruth, right? And and we know from that lineage came, you know, David and and, and Jesus through through Ruth. And, And so I'm just, again, regular old folk who in the hands of God did great things. Rahab, for goodness sake, right? If you think your past matter, Rahab was a harlot, right? But her status didn't prevent her from being a blessing to God's people. And in return, God blessed her. So Rahab didn't say, Oh, I'm just a little harlot; I don't have nothing to offer. Rahab said, Hey, opportunity has come my way, I'm gonna take advantage of it. I'm gonna get me a blessing. Mary Magdalene, just walking up to the New Testament. Okay, you know what I mean? This woman was possessed with with uh you know, however many demons and, and 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 you know, she became a disciple of God who who, you know, was the one who anointed his feet with oil and 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 washed them with her hair and and you know. She became in, uh, one who was in Jesus' close circle. This woman who had a shady past, if you will. Okay, well, who thinks you shouldn't be in a certain position? Doesn't matter. You know that that everybody got their ideas about who you should be or where you should be or what you, how she get that job? How, she, you know, how he get that role? Right? It doesn't matter what people think, right? David, David was the puniest and the least likely of his brothers to be king of Israel. But God said, oh, he's the one I want. So if you're the least likely, you you just might be on God's radar. He likes to use the least likely. Well, what somebody calls you doesn't matter. I love um, 1 and 2 Samuel, the whole story of David and that whole deal. And this one particular story I I love, Uh, you know, when David was on the run from King Saul and Shimei, you know, he had his ideas about, you know, who David thought he was. And David, you know, obviously sh- didn't have any right to the throne. And, 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 and David and all his men, they're fleeing. And, and Shimei, he calls David out. You got to go back and read some of these stories. That one's in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 16. They're leaving uh, town trying to, you know, flee from, from Saul. And Shimei, I'm telling you, he calls David out. I'm telling ta- he... Cursed David up one side and down the other. Called poor David everything but a child of God. Didn't matter. Didn't matter what Shimei thought. Didn't matter what anybody else thought about David or where he should be. God said, that's a man after my own heart. I'm going to put him on my throne. It was already, it was a rap that uh, David would be king of Israel. David had, David didn't even sweat it. He didn't fight. He didn't, you know. He didn't demand the throne. He just waited until it came to pass because God had already promised him to do. He was walking confidently in what God had already promised. And so it didn't matter what other people thought about who he was or what he should be. It doesn't matter your race or ethnicity or your social status or your gender. It doesn't matter. Right. Galatians 3.28 says there's no there's neither uh, Jew nor Greek or slave or free male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter. So I'm telling you, these these are all the things that we um, count ourselves out with. You know, I'm not this, I'm not that. You know, we can always, you know, uh, beat up on ourselves for what we're not. And I'm telling you that in Christ, it doesn't matter. You have value. He established that at Calvary. You are his. And he has a place for you in his body. you know that the difference between a person who thrives and a person who struggles is most often the voices they internalize we all have them we all have those voices we've internalized and they are difficult to shape but I challenge you this evening to shut out all those negative voices shut them all out and open your ears to God say no To all those voices. But say to God with your life, I believe you. Say to him with your life. Not with your lip service, but with your life. Live your life like you believe God. Say to God with your life, God, I believe you above above all others. And I realize that I matter. I'm going to say it one more time. Say to God with your actions, God, I believe you above all others and I realize that I matter. No excuses. No more ifs, ands, and buts. Simply, God, I believe you because you matter. I want you to Find a place to serve. Really, seriously, quit making excuses. Quit saying I don't have a place. We've said it in you know so many different ways. I mean, I'm about to start quoting it in different languages at this point. If you don't know, you matter by now. I don't know. The word is full of scriptures that tell you you matter. Right? We have preached it and taught it, you matter. Get something and stick it on your mirror. And every morning when you get up. You know, whether it got to be on your bathroom mirror, your car mirror, put it somewhere, something to remind yourself, I matter and I'm going to stop feeling like I don't. And I'm going to live my life with purpose and I'm going to whatever I have, however big or small, I'm going to put it in the master's hands and I'm going to let him use it. I'm going to give my life to Christ, meaning your your skills, your abilities, your time, whatever. There's a place for you. No more excuses because you're valuable to God. You're valuable to God and God has a place for you in his body. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for reminding us, Lord Jesus, that you indeed did stamp your image on us, Lord Lord God. That you died for us at Calvary, Lord Jesus, and you already established our value. Nobody's voice, God is superior to yours. We believe you, Lord, above all things. Help us, O God, to quiet those voices, Lord Jesus, and to walk in the authority of your word. Help us, O God, to find a place in your body that we can be a blessing, Lord Jesus. Help us to be a blessing in our community, O God. Help us, O God, to walk in your truth, Lord Jesus. We worship you this night, Lord. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for including us in, in your work, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for letting us know that we matter. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless each of you. I look forward to seeing you soon. Good night.